sorry to interrupt here, guys, but it's me again, Kat, your DM, recap reporter, and perfect, peaceful plum. Welcome to Recap News, your only source of recap information from arc to arc. Last time I pulled you three out of your reality and into my newsroom void, you were stuck in the middle of a battle with pirates. There were fireballs flying everywhere, ships being sunk, and the city guard of Madria doing their best to hold off this harrowing attack. They sure are lucky that you came along. Tell me, how did that battle go for you? Um, so Fred and I kicked some ass, killed some pirates. I sunk a ship in the most badass way humanly possible. Slake got into town in the middle of the battle and performed some heroics, some intern entry-level heroics, saved townspeople, <laughs> ran across rooftops, and also killed a bunch of pirates. Oh, how heroic. Oh, just listening to you describe it gives me goosebumps. But then your battle was cut short when another ship rolled out of the fog, right? Uh, that's right. And it was Captain Loria. She's just tall as hell. Just so tall. <laughs> imagine a woman, but imagine her very tall. <laughs> um, she rammed another ship with her ship and then sunk that ship. And then she rammed that ship that she was into our ship. and But technically my ship, kind of like my boat. And she introduced herself as the captain of Madria's personal guard. Oh, and she took you to shore to meet with your new friend, right? Uh, well, yeah, that's where we met. <laughs> um, uh, hi, I'm Slake. Uh, yeah, and, um, well, Corbin and Fran actually took me on as an intern, so <laughs> that's what I'm doing now. We are very generous. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> well, then the four of you dispatched the rest of the pirates on shore. Captain Loria moved like fluid death between them and left the rest of you to just finish those off that managed to get in her way. Uh, you fought your way to the palace, you met Queen Tanavine, and she had a heartwarming reunion with her guard. In the meantime, you guys got shown into the palace. What did you think of that? Uh, it was really good. Yeah, the palace was actually carved out of the rock of the caves under Madria. So, super amazing. Very good use of caves. 10 out of 10. Wonderful. So then after your heroic exploits in Danmark, the court of Madria was expecting you, right? They had rooms prepared and a servant to help you find your way around court. What did you think of that little guy? Oh, Dodson. Dodson Goodson. You know, at first I was just a little bit suspicious of him because he seemed too good, perhaps. But I was wrong. I was wrong about Dodson Goodson. He's just good all the way through and sun from top to bottom. <sighs> He's like an egg, and the exterior of the egg is good, but then you get into the interior of the egg, and it's also good. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking, That's like. You just described just a whole egg. <laughs> Thanks. Well, when you got in, there were even invitations for upcoming court events waiting for you. Everybody had been expecting you. It was quite a to-do. But then once you were settled in your rooms, Captain Loria came to pay you a visit. What did she have to say? There was a spy. A spy. A spy. A spy. She had asked, <laughs> Laurie had asked for our help finding out who the spy was. Uh, it was somebody that she thought had leaked information to the pirates who attacked and destroyed almost the whole Madrian fleet. Because only a few people knew that the fleet would be in the harbor. So it must have been an inside job. It, it was an inside job. So Loria laid out four main suspects for us. 
Queen Tenevine's aunt, Magdalena, the queen's sister, Renetta, the queen's father-in-law, Greenspire, and also the Marchioness de Cabibone. They all had various motives against Tenevine's reign as queen, and they had the information that the ships would be in the harbor when the pirates attacked. So basically, our plan was to like ingratiate ourselves into court society to gather some intel on these fools. What an important mission on your first day in court. But then you had some spare time, so you went over to the University of Madrid, right? So we we learned about kind of the origin story of Avalis, how the forces created the world out of three giants and then made mortals and then made the gods to guide the mortals, which is confusing. The forces maybe suck. They didn't do a super great job. I think every everybody sucks is kind of just what I'm taking away from. I personally don't feel guided. Well, at least now you know what to be confused about. So then the <laughs> next morning, you got up bright and early to be presented to the court. How did going to court go? It went really well. Bad. It went really good. I made a great impression. Slake, how do you think it went, Slake? Um, hmm? I mean, I, I, I guess it was all right. I mean, Corbin tackled you off of a staircase. Yeah, and I made a really good immediately. impression. Sometimes friends do that. Nobody forgot who I was. I wish I could. <laughs> well, then after that, you had a picnic lunch with Princess Renetta, the queen's sister. That must have been fun. No. <laughs> Actually, uh, you'd be wrong about that. Uh, <laughs> we kind of thought when we arrived that we were like, you know, people would admire us. But it turns out they just suck, even to people they think are heroes. Hey, Nguyen was okay. He was cool. Oh, uh, yeah. Corbin made friends with that guy, Nguyen. He was one of the nobles. Yeah, I turned into a horse and I like won his heart. All I kn- Listen, all I know is that Nguyen rode me as a horse. don't Uh laugh Fran (laughs) and then he fell off of me and that's the moment that he fell in love with me as a horse I don't remember it that way that's how it happened Fran but the one thing that they wouldn't stop talking about just over and over again they kept talking about Lord Andolin some guy who wasn't even there (laughs) basically they were just like he's so handsome he's so mysterious just the coolest guy and we all love him (laughs) And I was like, where is he? And they were like, insult, 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 intrigue, 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 etc. That's exactly what they said. Wow. Well, that sounds like quite an event. So then after your lunch, you all split up. Fran, you went to interrogate captured pirates. Corbin, you went to check on the rooms of Lord Andolin. And then Slake and Mary attended a concert. So Slake, why don't you go first? Tell me what happened at that concert. Well, I told Mary about lots of cool cave fauna, so that was great. And then we um, met Coquin of the Bronze Order, you know, secret order of dragonborn that have a temple down in the caves at the bottom of the cliffs. And uh, I guess they're trying to find the right spells to bring back to life the big old bronze bones that they all worship, which seemed fine and not at all ominous. Yeah, that seems perfectly normal and a reasonable thing for people to do. Corbin, what happened when you went to check out Lord Andolin's rooms? Um, so I tried on all of his clothes, broke oh, a bunch God. of my broke a bunch of his stuff. Oh. And um I basically just did a really good job um discovering Yeah, Corbin, what exactly did you find out from that outing? I found out that he's got really good taste in clothes. Good job, Corbin. Thank you, Slake. Well, that sounds 
like a Corbin adventure. <laughs> Thanks, it was. I was the only one there. Fran, then you went and were interrogating some pirates, right? What did you learn from them? Well, I learned that they'd been visited by, you guessed it, a super handsome dude who just had to be Phelan, right? Who converted them all to Torva worship. And when they came to attack the harbor at Madria when we were arriving, it was a mission that was meant to fail. None of the actual captains of these pirates were on the ships when they came to attack Madria. So stands to reason another attack is probably coming. So much intrigue, so much mystery. Well, after all that, you went and had dinner with the queens. Oh, what an honor. Tell me, what happened then? Corbin got drunk. (laughs) I just had some juice. You're such a fool. (laughs) And I got to tell stories. We tried to get information out of all the people at this dinner, including Albacidor Almenia from Ilfra, which is a elven city in the north. She was really nice. Well, once dinner was done, you spotted someone absconding down the hallway. Fran and Slake, you gave chase, but he was running way too fast for Fran. Slake, you caught sight of a super handsome man who told you not to tell the others you saw him. Then he disappeared out the window. I didn't know it at the time, but it was Phelan, and I immediately told Fran and Corbin. Handsome, handsome bastard. Well then, the next day, you guys went and took up that invitation to go see the Temple of the Bronze Order. And you met with the dragonborn bear who tend those big bronze bones. Can you tell me what happened when you went there? <laughs> yeah, I did really good, and I it was really great for me. Fran <laughs> touched the bones and they all collapsed, and she just fucked it all up so bad. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> At least we found out they were bronze bones from me touching them. Thanks for nothing, magical powers. (laughs) Didn't you have, like, a vision, though? Yeah, about them it being a bronze dragon. Great job! (laughs) Well, later you all went and split up again to investigate more leads. Corbin, you went off to see your friend Lord Nguinian. How did that meeting go? Oh. Oh! Yeah. I went to go meet with my good friend Nguinian. And, um, who did I spy at the throwing arena? <laughs> the weapon-throwing arena. <laughs> and none other than Lord Phandalin. Phelan. It was Phelan. <laughs> and, um, it was such a blur. Like, so, I just, my whole body was just, like, filled with adrenaline. And I know that I just, I feel like I had a lot of prolonged eye contact, and I kicked his ass at throwing stuff. Nice! Well, when you got back to your rooms, you found Phelan waiting for you. How did that conversation go? Phelan let us know that things were happening up in Ilfra and that we needed to actually gather allies here at the court. So as we investigated our suspects, we also had to be kind of getting on their good side in case they weren't the bad guy so that they would send their forces to Ilfra to fight against Torva. And make sure he can't win another foothold. And he told us that Torvo was tightening his reins. And that, well, Phelan actually tried to cut his arm off. Oh my um, god, I forgot uh, about that. Oh! So did I. Yeah, it was pretty rough. <laughs> Torva gave him an even larger tattoo that had more control over his actions. So, yeah, it was a, it was a bad time. What a hot bastard. <laughs> I was so brave and sexy and strong. So good looking, and I just want to punch him. With our mouths together. (laughs) 
He's a good boy. Well, then it was time for you to go to that gathering that was being thrown by the Marchioness de Cabibon. But on your way, you happen to catch sight of Phelan and Captain Loria having a suspicious conversation. Something about you do your job and I'll do mine? Very strange. She, like, threw him up against a wall, which he's a demigod, so that was weird. He's, like, a strong, he's a strong guy. Like, not stronger than any of us, but, like, you know, pretty strong. Stronger than all of us put together, probably. Yeah, I think he could kill us. (laughs) Well, then it was off to the Marchionesses, but then tragedy struck. One of the party guests was poisoned, but I saved his life with my quick thinking. <laughs> and also Mary helped. And then when you went back to the palace, you learned that Lord Helmshire wasn't the only one who was poisoned. My best friend! <laughs> Lord Nguyenian. And we ran to him. I ran to him and I saved him single-handedly all by myself. I sucked the poison out of his body. Um, I think Mary and Phelan worked together to bring him back from, you know, being like almost said, dead. I saved him all by myself. Nobody else was there. You guys were like at a party or something. And it wasn't just him. People were poisoned all over the city that night. And specifically, it was people who brought up morale among the nobility and in the city, implying that the person terrorizing Madria wants people to be scared and possibly to leave the city. Well, in investigating this latest tragedy, you found all the signs pointed you to Sparrow Island, where the pirates have their base. So, after receiving an invitation to the memorial party for the victims of the pirate attack and the poisoning, the four of you set off in a ship with a crew provided by Captain Loria, right? Yes, the crew was provided by Captain Loria. And the boat was provided by me. No. Yeah. No. Anyway, we faced some dangers on the way there, but we did make it to Sparrow Island okay in the end. Right. And when you got to the island, you saw a truly terrifying amount of ships and many of those apparatus of destruction that Torva uses. So tell me, what happened on the island? Fran summoned a giant invisible ape. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. And we learned that the pirates used to worship Ava. However, they had lost all contact with Ava for a long time. Obviously, Torva did something to her. Anyway, Corbin found out about, like, this captain's hat that, like, seemed to have magical powers that whoever was in charge, got to have. And we found out that there was a previous captain who was ousted from power. And we immediately hatched a plan to get the hat and get the hat to that man if he was still alive. Also, I summoned a demon. No further explanation needed. It was an invisible giant. And we did find Captain Carr and restored him to his rightful place as king of the pirates. And I I think I summoned the giant eagles at some point. You summoned uh, a big bird... And then you guys made it look like it was ABBA. Yeah. But after all that, did you learn who was coordinating the pirates within the court of Madria? Uh, it was Loria. It was our hot, tall friend, Loria. Yep. What a shocking turn of events. And then, when you were ready to leave the island, that ship and crew that Loria lent you, they were gone. They were gone. I don't like to think about it. Well, the pirates gave you a ride back, didn't they? Yeah, they were really cool. And they kind of agreed to work with us, too. Yeah, they agreed to send forces to Ilfra, where Phelan had warned us there was a battle going on. Just intrigue upon intrigue. Wow, you guys were practically experts at it this point, right? Yep. (laughs) Yes. You could say that. 
Well, you got back to a very quiet Madria. It seemed like the city had been emptied out after all those pirate attacks and poisonings. But there was still a memorial celebration to attend, and you had to get ready. Yeah, we love parties where everyone is gathered in one place, like fish in a barrel. (laughs) But we asked Dodson to go check out the bones for us, and he was really great about it. Yeah. I love that guy. He was really good. He was such a champion. Yeah, we, we were suspicious that the bones, that the Bronze Order was taking care of would be alive somehow or gone, and unfortunately, our hunch was exactly correct. They were gone completely. Oh my. Well, that's just another mystery, I guess. But the celebration of life, wasn't that just magnificent? From all accounts that I have from my reaching into the world of Avalis and pulling (laughs) out bits of news... I hear it was just spectacular. Everyone was dressed to their best and honoring the ones that were taken by Besk and led to the afterlife. And once you got there, you saw Loria was wearing something familiar. She was wearing a dress that we had seen at Torva's Jaw in one of the bedrooms there that his children have because they live there because Torva's their dad and they're his children. And Loria was wearing it. And, um... I'm, Everyone I'm, you meet will be either a murderer or a child of Torva or both. Yes. That's what we learned. She's, uh, the slayer. And she did slay in that dress. <laughs> she looked great. Unfortunately, she, we did have to fight her. Yes. <laughs> but Phelan helped us. You know, in his way. I mean... I mean, it, it turns out that Phelan had really been helping us in a way, since the beginning. The reason that Loria called us to investigate a crime that was essentially her crime is because Phelan tricked her into doing it. Yeah. He implied that we would just mess up everything and cause more confusion and more fear. And instead, we solved the crime while also causing more confusion and more fear. Yeah! <laughs> Take that, Loria! <laughs> and that's the thing. She wanted to scare everyone away before the pirates attacked again so she could save Queen Tenevine. Because Loria, like seemingly all of Torva's children, is doing his bidding against her own will. Yeah, so with Phelan's help, well, we fought Loria, and we actually won. Uh, but then Phelan kind of dragged her off into a portal or something. He seems to do that with his sisters a lot. Whatever. So hot. <laughs> well, afterward, you met with the queens again, and Dodson revealed his startling discovery that the bronze bones were gone, and in their place was a banner of Torva. And, more bad news, the ambassador from Ilfra received word that Ilfra is under siege from Torva's armies. So what did you do then? We did what we're best at. And uh, we we just really used our uh, good history and reputation with all of the nobles <laughs> to get them to rally together and pledge troops to travel towards Ilfra. And uh, we worked out of this great situation where anybody who wouldn't pledge troops then had to pledge troops to Madria so nobody could give their troops to Torva. Well, a true hero is one who can rally others in a time of need. Avalis is truly blessed to have four of you guiding it towards triumph over the forces of evil. But there was one last thing to take care of, wasn't there? The bones. The bones. We had to follow those bones. They were going north, 
uh, a caravan of them. So we followed them and they were being accompanied by this really strong looking guy uh, who actually turned out to be Mary's uncle, right? Minotine, the spear. Yeah, the, the guardian of Madria, Minotine, who we kind of had been like praying to and being like, hey, like Torva's in the in the area, like so if you could help us out. But obviously he was on Torva's side the whole time. A so. bastard, basically. He did yeah. try to kill us. Yeah, he did. But Mary saved us because she's amazing. Yeah. She summoned like a big gold shield to stop his attack. And well, he told her that he'll help his brother end this and that it was going to be better off for everyone when he did. Whatever that means. And he said that um, Mary should let Torvin name her, which is like the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it's a pretty dumb idea. Oh, wow. What a whirlwind time, court intrigue, pirate attacks, bones. Wow. (laughs) Well, that's it for now. We'll be back with another recap news. For now, I'll drop you three right back in where I pulled you out. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 It's time for some ASMR ad reads, everybody. First, I want to tell you about Elderwood Academy. Elderwood Academy are artisans who craft amazing gaming products, including dice towers. Dice trays, dice boxes, deck boxes, dice, and more. Here are some dice sounds in inside of a dice bag. Cards. All their products are crafted to look like spell books, scroll cases, codexes, and other fantasy gear. For instance, you can get a rolling tray that can roll up into a scroll like you're some kind of old-timey scribe traveling through the countryside ready to play D&D at any moment. Listeners can find that product and many more at elderwoodacademy.com slash don't split. And now I'm going to transfer out of this ASMR voice because I'm really starting to feel that my oh, my throat is dying so just slowly turn down turn down your volume if you turned it up because i gotta just talk in a normal voice because it's ah uh. next up demigods are you a god demigods the new tabletop rpg from jason mills brings the world of myth and legend to a modern setting The action-adventure game tweaks the apocalypse world rule set to create powerful mythic characters who are tangled up in complex relationships with each other and with their pantheons. Embrace themes similar to Good Omens, American Gods, the Iron Druid, and Percy Jackson as you take control of the story. Demigods is kickstarting July 9th through August 8th, and for more information and a quick start of the game system, go to demigodspbta.com and follow Jason on Twitter at It's Probably Okay. Make sure to check out Demigods. <laughs>